This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Rick Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This show is sponsored by Empower Your Reality. Empower Your Reality is an online consciousness school that is designed to help you elevate the mind, raise your consciousness, your vibration, to attract and create the reality of what it is that you desire. On Empower, at Empower Your Reality, we have books, we have online classes, you can find the podcast here on there and other things that can help you elevate and truly learn the art and the science of creating the reality of what it is that you want to experience in your life. So for more information to check out all that we're up to and what we're doing, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. Now, back to the show. Hey everyone and welcome. This is Dr. Vic and you're listening to another episode here on the Mindful Experiment as 
I have each week someone that I interview that helps shift looks at a mindset from a different perspective, a different context in life, and how to maximize the mindset to maximize the life of where you are. And this week, I had an outstanding guest by the name of Robbie Kramer. He is the men's dating and lifestyle expert. Now, if you ever seen the movie Hitch, this is him in the real world. It's kind of cool. I had a blast chatting with him. Uh, just to give you a little background, Robbie has been guiding men to accomplish their goals with women, health, fitness, and career since 2008. He founded Inner Confidence to show men exactly how to create the lifestyle of their dreams in a way that actually works. There's no quick fixes, no magic pills, and no BS. Just tested, proven, easily implementable advice that works. Robbie brings dignity and ease to traditional taboo interactions. No funny names, no pickup routines, no fake stories tricking women into liking you. Just... Just 100% real action. Robbie has worked personally with over a 1,000 clients on six continents. Robbie also hosts the Leverage Podcast, a popular podcast with over 10,000 downloads per episode, equaling 500,000 total downloads. We had a great interview. We talked a lot about men. We talked a lot about dating. We got into even relationships a little bit. So really great podcast to tune into for any gender, don't have to be a man, can also be a woman also, can learn some of the things here, what men go through and understand our thinking and thought processes and so much more. But without no further ado, here is Mr. Robbie Kramer. Well, Robbie, welcome to the show. Thanks. Good to um, be here. I'm excited to have you on. I I'm, I'm, can't wait to pick your brain. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to wish I learned some, knew these, some of the things you're going to be sharing when I was younger. Uh, so it's going to be fun to uh, dive in here. And I'm kind of curious, though, how did you get into doing what you're doing now or what kind of led you to have that passion or that inspiration to want to do what you're doing at this, at this time? Yeah, well, dating was something that I was a total idiot with. Um, it's completely clueless around that time when you start to, I guess, date, which is that nebulous kind of after you graduate from college, um, when you're out in the workforce, you know, through high school and college, you kind of, you know, most guys just meet girls, you know, through the classes or their social circle. But once I got that first nine to five job that I hated in, in banking, um, I was like, all right, how do I meet girls? I was going out to the bars and, you know, killing my liver and, and partying a bit. Uh, but I was too afraid to talk to girls. You know, I'd, I'd get drunk and maybe at the end of the night, I'd like think about doing it, but I had this terrible approach anxiety. And um, this was back in like 2003 um, and online dating wasn't really a thing so much back then. It was just kind of getting started. Um, but I just like, I had no idea like what to do on a date, like how to get a date. Um, it was all just kind of this big mystery. And at the time, a buddy of mine told me about this book that came out. Um, a lot of people read it. It's called The Game. And it was full of all this pickup artist stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's weird. I don't want to kind of, you know, I don't need game, blah, blah. Um, but and I ended up reading it and getting kind of sucked into this weird sort of subculture. Um, and obviously, a lot of that stuff was very inauthentic ways of operating. Um, but the one good thing is was it got me out of my comfort zone and taking action. And I had this pretty crippling fear of showing a woman that I was interested in her. Like for whatever reason, growing up in Southern California, um, you know, just culturally, 
I had this fear that if girls knew that I liked them, I'd be rejected or they would think I was a creep or, you know, all this kind of negative stigma around showing my interest. So I, I didn't really have a healthy way to do that. So the one good thing about the beginning of my journey was that, you know, just going up and approaching women, getting rejected, kind of got me over that initial just fear of being authentic and showing my desire. And that's a, that's a huge thing that I find a lot of guys struggle with. Uh, some people call it the nice guy syndrome is a great book by uh, Dr. Robert Glover about that. But it's basically like what I would do to, to try to meet girls is do favors for them, you know, bring extra copies of my homework in high school. And, you know, that never led to anything, just more work on my app. Um, so, you know, a lot of that pickup stuff, though, was was very contrived, felt really fake. So that led me into more mainstream personal growth, which was great. Um, because if it wasn't for the dating stuff, I never would have started asking my questions, you know, around uh, dis dissolving your ego or finding out kind of who you really are or getting more authentic about who you're being in the world. Um, and that led to eventually me opening up my business, which is called Inner Confidence, and helping other guys kind of walk the same path. I started a blog back in the day and guys were just kind of hitting me up being like, wow, can you help me do this stuff? And I was like, sure. At the time, it wasn't a business. As I mentioned, I was working in banking in a job that I hated. So luckily, 2008 came and crashed the market. I had to get out of that career anyways. So kind of naturally transitioning into becoming like a dating coach, um, which turned out to be my dream job, which I never expected <laughs> to, <laughs> to be in. Um, and since then, you know, that was in 2008, I've been leading trainings and workshops and online trainings and writing, blogging, so on and so forth about it. And just go, I've had crazy experiences ranging from being on a boat with Playboy models and the Maldives and a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Like as far as the single life goes, um, now I have a girlfriend and a more normal relationship, but I've, I've kind of run the gamut when it comes to dating relationships and crazy stuff you can do as a guy. I love it. So are you Will Smith in the movie Hitch? Yeah, basically. Like if, if people <laughs> ask me what I do, a lot of the times they'll say, have you seen Hitch? And yeah, that's me. <laughs> the white version. <laughs> I just had to ask. I was like, how, how do you how do you frame that? I'm a consultant. What is he saying in the movie? I'm a consultant, I think, or something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. It's always a little bit of an awkward conversation. Very, very interesting. I love that. And I, I love I laughed when you said the game. Not I didn't read it. I had a friend of mine who was reading it and he was like, Oh man, did you read this book? And he keeps going through it and stuff. And I was just like, What do you need a book for? I was like, and he's like, you know, and I I'm I'm the type of guy who just I mean, I had that anxiety, you know. I it's dude, it was always that how do I get over that first hump? That was my mindset. Like, if I can just get over the first hump, then I'm good. I got I can take care of I can control the rest. I'll be good there. But it's just like that anxiety of how do I approach? What do I say? How do I say what? What am I what am I gonna catch into the room or how can I try get something, right? You get all I don't know if you did that, but that was me. Um, totally. totally totally in the in head, head. Yeah. right? And instead of just, you know, then I learned as you get experienced and more veteran-like, you just, it's a lot easier. And I'm like, why did I, it's funny how I had to go through all that. But yeah, anyway, I digress. Totally. No, a lot of, you know, when I kind of look back on my journey, a lot of my improvement, it was really just aging, becoming more mature. You know, as a, as a guy in your early 20s, especially I, I had some buddies who were really good looking surfers and they just cleaned up my roommate. And um, it 
was so it was so annoying going out with him all the time because basically every time we'd go out in Pacific Beach, San Diego, you know, he'd meet a bunch of girls, bring some girls home, and I'm sitting there like, what the hell? <laughs> um, so I used to think it was all about looks by watching kind of him operate, and um, and I think that's true when it comes to younger girls and younger guys. Looks are a little bit more of a factor, but when you get older, more mature, women start to look for you know, a guy's masculinity, his strength, his confidence. And as you develop into a guy who's, you know, all around attractive to women, you start to have a lot more success. And that typically doesn't happen for a guy until, you know, their late 20s, early 30s. And I've noticed a lot of guys, a lot of my friends either got married at a young age or they were in a really long-term relationship um, all throughout their 20s. And so a lot of guys who didn't date and maybe got divorced in their mid-30s they kind of find themselves in a tough situation where they never went through a lot of those trials and tribulations and getting back into it can be a bit of a struggle. Totally. And I love how, you know, for me, at least I know when I was in relationships was my greatest teacher. Um, and I think mm-hmm. you kind of said a little bit of that, correct? Where, where it's like, like for me, I know whenever I had a breakup, I would like spend two, three, four months analyzing, maybe not four months, but you know, a good couple months of where, um, I'd be like, okay, what did I mess up at? How it was it me? What did I have to learn from? Was that kind of somewhere you, cause I know you brought that up a little bit. Was that similar to that? For sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I think relationships are our greatest teacher and going through those breakups and you learn, I think you learn more about yourself, um, you know, in a relationship. Um, especially if you're living with someone, you get to, you know, you get to kind of, that's the cool thing about relationships. You get to kind of experience life as close as you can through another human being. Um, and, uh, man, I've been through so many breakups. It's, uh, <laughs> you really learn a lot. That's for sure. You do. I, I, I can totally connect with you on that one. Now, you know, are you, you, said, are you single? No, I'm married. Um, okay. I've been through the gambit though. So I, I, I know, and, and I, and, and apologies to all the women I've ever dated. I, I went through a lot of learning experiences, but you know, one of the things is like, I always share a lot now is that you're talking about being in a relationship, just in a relationship or living with someone, right? Um, my wife and I've been married for five years and she is my greatest teacher out of anyone. I mean, I've read gazillions of books. I've, I'm always doing self-improvement, been doing it for over 15 years. And it's one of the things where though, um, she knows how to put me in check and make me really think of things, not in check, but like keep my mind in a my mind in check where if I'm getting, if I'm doing being too ambitious from while I'm two and a high, she'll bring me back down. She does it automatically with not even thinking. It's just, it's the, I don't know if you ever heard of uh, Dr. Uh, John Martini, but his work is a lot on values and he'll talk about how your partner is really designed to keep you balanced. And it drives you nuts because when you're happy and excited, you ever notice your partner's not? <laughs> And then you try to explain that happiness and then all of a sudden you're drained from that or vice versa when your energy is low and you're in a depressed and you're depressed and you just, when you share that vulnerability with them, all of a sudden it's like, they'll say something you're like, Oh my God, that's so, I didn't even think, Oh, and then next thing you know, you're back to where you're, 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 you're balanced. If you want to put it for that matter. Um, Yeah. That's interesting. I've noticed myself a lot of the time when I'm with, you know, my partner and she's overly excited. I'll find myself getting annoyed and wanting to like <laughs> bring them down it's and your job like asshole yeah i know um, what you mean right and and i know what sorry you mean, babe like, i'm just trying to bring you back to earth yeah that now you know you can just tell her hey i'm just trying to it's my job just to keep you here right you know this is where you, this is where your zone is you know on that level 
Um, what would you say is one of the biggest mistakes that you have seen uh, personally and professionally with everything that you do uh, that men make? I think guys get too hung up on not understanding or not hung up. They just don't understand what women are attracted to a lot of the time. They think it's, you know, looks, bank account, um, impressing them, taking them on elaborate dates. I think when the easiest mistake that guys could kind of instantly fix is how they go about a date because, you know, it is hard enough to get dates. Um, if you're getting a lot of dates, you're probably succeeding. Um, in, in, but most guys who are struggling, they're, they're struggling to get dates in the first place. And then when they do get a date, you know, they're because they have, they don't have an abundance of dates, they're more likely to get nervous and screw that date up. And it's typically because they just don't have a plan or they don't know what a good date looks like. Um, you know, our culture just says go to, go to dinner, um, you know, go somewhere nice. And then maybe, I mean, the old cliche was go to dinner in a movie. Luckily now you can't do that thanks to COVID. But um, the, the whole idea of a dinner date just, just sucks. It's very forced. You've got, you're interacting with the, the waiter, the waitress, server. Uh, um, you have all these sort of uh, interruptions happening. You're typically sitting across from someone. The, the conversation in the initial stages is always that, that small talk, getting to know each other, but it just feels a little bit too job interviewee and it doesn't really allow for any, any fun, any physical communication. And guys usually just end up spending a, a decent amount of money on a nice dinner. And then when they follow up with the girl, she says, Oh, sorry, I wasn't really feeling the chemistry or she just ghosts them. And it's not because that guy did anything wrong. It's simply because just the way he ran the date was inferior. Um, so my advice to guys is when you're, when you're doing it, when, when you've got a date, if it's someone you've met online, um, and you have like, you know, there, there's different, every interaction is different, right? If you meet a girl online and you guys have this amazing connection and you're, you know, you, you really feel the vibe, then sure. Go on a, a first date where you've got a bunch of different stops, different venues and, and make a night out of it. But if it's someone you don't know really well, and there's not a ton of background, I always recommend keeping the date super short grab a coffee or grab a, just to go for a walk in the park and be okay with ending it around the 30 minute to an hour mark. Better to end on a high note and leave her wanting more than to, than to let it get boring. Same thing if you were to approach a girl in a bar, you know, it's always better to be the one to walk away first and leave on a high note. Cause you're going to know when you're about to run out of stuff to say, you're going to know when that like anxiety level comes up and you start to go in your head and if you just say, hey, I'm going to grab a drink, run to the bathroom, and you leave first, then you never worry about, you know, her getting bored and her having to essentially tell you to, you know, buzz off. So that's my advice is keep the first date short if it's an online sort of thing. If, if it's someone you met and you've already have a pretty good chemistry, then my suggestion is go, you know, meet. Well, now that it's tough because everything's closed. But this is, this is a great tip. How to run a date during a pandemic is... Um, if you've already been on that first 30 minute date or you have a pretty good background, then she'll probably feel comfortable at least meeting you at your place. She might not have to come in, but have her meet you at your place, give her a quick tour, maybe pour a glass of wine. Uh, after the tour, say we're going to go on an adventure, leave the house, go to the grocery store, shop for food, come back, cook the food together pour some more wine, make some cocktails, whatever, then move to the couch. So really what you're doing is you're simulating a date where you're moving to all these different venues, 
which is a great way to get to know someone better. It keeps the date interactive. You keep moving around. And, um, but you're doing it amidst the fact that everything's closed. You know, this is if your city's in total lockdown because grocery stores will be open, but that's about it. Uh, if that's not the case, then I suggest kind of bar hopping on a first date or starting in a park, walking around a park, going from there to a bar. If they don't drink, go to a coffee shop, grab ice cream. But the whole idea is lots of little stops, lots of moving, which creates a much more engaging an environment, uh, engaging environment. So, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I know uh, there wasn't too many coffee shops. Well, there was coffee shops back in the day when I was dating, but uh, now, now there's like a plethora of them all over the place. But I like that idea of keeping it short, you know, especially in the beginning, because it's one of those things. What if you have an awkward moment, right? You want to, if you, let's say you're doing it and then you're like, you're getting to know the person. You're like, yeah, no, this is not the person I want to be around right now. Right. It's short. It's not like a two, three hour thing and you're out a ton of money if you go on a nice dinner. So it's just an easy right. coffee break. So I kind of like that a lot, actually. Um, when it, when it comes to, you know, some of the things I know you said, like leave things on a high note too, right? It's one of those things where, um, is there a certain like way of knowing? So let's say guys trying to, well, bars, bars are opening up here. I'm in the Chicagoland area. They're starting to get back and open up again. Um, but let's just say, you know, how do you know, how does a guy know when it's time to be like, all right, I think this this is where I need to, you know, kind of end this now or like in a good way, just be like, end on that high note. How do they know besides just running out of stuff? Right. Well, for me, one of the, the biggest challenges was being able to read women's subtle signals to tell if they were interested in me or not. Because in the beginning, I was just totally clueless. You know, I'd walk up to a girl and you know, I could tell if she was giving me that like resting bitch face or, you know, she's telling me to get the hell away from her. That was obvious. But if she was just talking to me, I really didn't have a clue. Whereas now there's a lot of nuances that are pretty easy to pick up on. But if you're just if, if you're not as good at reading those signals, a great way to kind of figure that out in the beginning of a conversation is, is she asking you anything, right? Because a lot of guys go into what I call like interview mode or Walter Cronkite mode, where they just start firing questions like, where are you from? What do you do? Where'd you grow up? And she's fielding the questions and this guy just keeps answering the questions. Um, and eventually that will probably become annoying for her. Because she's not investing in the conversation. There's, there's no investment on her part in the interaction, which shows that she might not be interested. So you've got to give, you know, the woman the chance to invest in you, which, you know, is the, you, you have to take a risk and be willing to shut up for a second, look her in the eye and see if she continues the conversation. If she doesn't, and there's that, you know, slightly too long, awkward pause, that's a good chance to, to be like, hey, I'm going to, you know catch up with my friends. I'll talk to you in a bit. And at least then you're the one who left early. Um, and you can always come back if it's at a bar and, and talk to her later. Cause she'll remember you as the guy who was cool and social and didn't stay too long and, and annoy her, uh, which is typically what most guys do in a, in a bar situation. And you're always, like I said earlier, you're going to know before, if you're starting to get nervous, you're kind of running out of things to say, and if she's investing in the conversation, it'll it'll really flow. It'll feel natural. And if she's not, it's going to feel forced. So my best advice for that is to you know come over, say something, and be willing to to sit with a little bit of silence and give her the chance to then engage you. Good old awkward pause. Yep, I hear you on that one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's key. That that's real critical. And I always you know I've learned too in my upbringing where it was just like. 
if they're asking questions, then they're definitely interested. They're, they're, they have a curiosity in them in some way, shape or form. And if they're not asking any questions, that was usually like a red flag for me. And if I kept asking, 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 there came a point where I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, you know, like, yeah, I love how you said it. Hey, I'll, I'll come back and we'll catch up in a bit here. I'm going to go meet up with my friends. Right. And, and, and you keep it easy, keel, and you just move on from there. Yeah. One of the things that I, I encourage my students to do is to approach girls during the day, which can be very nerve wracking for most guys. At least for me, when I first did that, I was like, who does this? This is weird. This is awkward. You know, I'm talking about like walking down the sidewalk or in a grocery store, or, you know, picking up the laundry, dry cleaning, wherever you are. And the, the good thing about that is women aren't expecting it. So if you can do it in a way that makes them feel relatively comfortable, you're going to really stand out compared to the guys that she's talking to online or the guys that, you know, wait until the end of the night when they're 10 drinks deep to hit on her at a bar or a club. And if you do that well, you know, she's really, I think that's the best way to get dates. And it's also a great way to push your comfort zone, become more confident and just grow as a man because there's nothing better for growth than facing your fears. So my advice to do, to do that, um, you know, there, I, I think I got this from Ferris way back in the day, which is just such a natural way to do it. Is you can just walk up to a woman pretty much in any situation and say, Hey, I saw you. I had to risk embarrassing myself to come over here and meet you. I'm actually late for a meeting, but um, you know, give me your number. If you don't like me, give me a fake one. And I, that's, that's the whole elevator pitch right there. Right. <laughs> Quick, simple and easy. I like that. Yeah. Um, you know, in the first few times I, you know, when I read that, I was like, wow, that's, you know, I can give this a try. And, and it worked. Um, I certainly got a ton of rejections and I, and then I learned how to actually have a you know, prolonged conversation if she was interested instead of just running away. But I think if you're a guy who's struggling to get dates or you're not getting dates with the quality of women that you want, um, typically because it's really tough online, women have a huge advantage when it comes to online dating uh, versus men in terms of, you know, the quality of the first dates, I think. So I, I would suggest getting comfortable with that as a strategy because it even works, you know, during a pandemic. That's my next question is how, how can guys get dates? Like, especially during the pandemic and, and, and so forth, what are ways that they, they, they can, I mean, I love your creativity of the, well, we'll come over, have a glass of wine, or we, you know, then go grocery shopping, make dinner, have another glass of wine, chill, that kind of thing. I love that idea. Um, but how can guys, let's say you're, there's a, here's a guy who's wanting to find a woman, get, do those types of things. And I mean, online's another way avenue too, but um, how can they do that and so forth? Yeah, I mean, during the pandemic, obviously, if if everything's closed, um, your only options are kind of online or, you know, hopefully meeting someone through your social circle. But if you don't have much of a social circle, a lot of the guys I work with are tech guys, programmers, um, and they tend to spend a lot of time, on, you know, on their computer working um, and they don't have a huge social circle. My advice is always to focus on building that, but that's a, that's a long-term sort of strategy, right? Um, and short run is to meet women whenever you see them, just out and about, uh, and get, uh, get consistent at taking that action. Because the, uh, the approach anxiety, the fear, will 
lead to most guys avoiding those opportunities. You know, if, if you do what I call the girl of the day challenge, which is approach, you know, the most beautiful girl you see, no matter what, every day that can lead to approaching multiple women. Um, it's, I've never seen anyone who could do it more than 30 days. <laughs> it's a tough one thing to do. Um, but you know, and if you're going to use online dating, um, online dating is tough. I would really only recommend it for guys who are pretty good looking. Um, like, I don't think I'm good looking enough to, to do really well online. Um, you know, I guess I'd give myself like a 6.5, <laughs> but like, it's so looks based. Um, it's, you know, women are just, they're swiping so fast. It's really difficult, uh, due to the algorithms also, um, you're likely to, depending on your age, um, to get weeded out. So if you're older, it's a, it can be a little bit of a struggle. Um, I just find online dating to really not be worth the time. And that's why I'm such a big fan of building the confidence to approach women kind of anytime, anywhere. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, long run is to develop a social circle. And I think the, the mistake that guys will make when they're developing a social circle is to have a good social circle, you have to be friends with women. And if you try to hook up with every woman that you meet, you're probably not going to have a lot of friends. So if you're not feeling that vibe right off the bat, and women are usually pretty good at showing their, their interests. Like if they like you, they, women, especially kind of nowadays, they're, they're way more comfortable being kind of being the hunters. The roles have kind of reversed a bit with, uh, you know, with how feminism has been adopted. And it's really interesting because I, I live in Eastern Europe now and seeing the difference between how women pursue men in America versus the fact that they basically don't in Eastern Europe just shows that that huge difference in culture. So if a woman likes you in the U S a lot of the time, your best strategy is to kind of play the role as like the hot chick and don't pursue her at all. <laughs> Cause she's so used to so many dudes like totally on her jock that if, if you just kind of lay back and show that you're social and maybe invite her to cool things where there's other friends of yours too, but never really like flirt with her, but don't aggressively hit on her she'll start to think, oh, this guy's, you know, he's hot. Why hasn't he made the move? Why, why hasn't, does he like me? You know, what's going on? And, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a, it's a fun kind of role reversal. And American girls love to like pursue guys. So that's something I learned after a lot of travel is that you can be a lot more aggressive in, you know, South America, Eastern Europe. So for me, when I was, you know, trying to kill that sort of nice guy, syndrome I had uh, traveling to other places where I was outside my comfort zone, where I wasn't worried about looking like an idiot, um, you know, to local people and worried about my reputation, I was able to really grow. And now, especially during, you know, the pandemic, we have the opportunity, everyone's working from home for the most part. There's a lot of companies will let you kind of work from anywhere. And, and if you do move somewhere like South America or Eastern Europe, you're going to save a lot of money, you're spending a lot less because the cost of living is a lot cheaper. Um, there's a ton of people kind of migrating out of the big cities like, you know, New York, Miami, because uh, why are they going to pay that high rent? So there's, and, and I found that for, for guys who are struggling um, in the U.S., American guys, if you go, if you go abroad, <laughs> it's going to be a lot easier. So that can be a great way to not just grow and, and improve your confidence, um, but save a bit of money in the process. So that's something I'm, I work with a lot of clients of mine to, to help them do that as well. 
And I like how you said, you know, online thing, because to me, when online dating kicked in and then I've, I tried it back in the day, um, wasn't successful. But one of the things was, is I didn't like it because it was a cookie cutter thing. And it was just like, here's what you like, right? It's, you're just, it's a shopping list. And sometimes I think there's a miss of magic there where sometimes you may, you know, if you look at the whole list of somebody and, and when you meet someone person or however it may be, um, there's, you get to see the energy of the person and, and so much more behind it where there's more substance where there it's just like, you know, you're living in a, it, it's a mental game, right? Oh, this person looks really attractive. Oh, wow. Look what they like here. And you build this program in your head thinking there's someone, but then at the end of the day, that what's the chances of them actually being what you constructed in your mind, which is slim to none from my experiences, yeah. but uh, in that perspective. So I think that's, but how can a guy, is it, is it no hope for a guy when it comes to online dating altogether? Or is there, is there ways they can use tips and tricks to uh, what's up your bag, your, your tool, your, your tool, your bag uh, tricks to be able to help them be able to get noticed if there is any, or is it just one of those things like, as I'm sharing, just it's a checklist thing and that's it. No, what you said is, is totally spot on is that that's kind of the, that's what I think why online dating is so popular, but it's also so difficult and such a time waste is, and this, I think this happens, I mean, it happens both ways. Guys, you know, you, you meet a, you see a girl's profile, you know, we, we tend to fall in love at first sight a lot more than women do, I think. Uh, <laughs> we're a little bit more, you know, uh, like looks driven at the beginning, Um so we'll, you know, we'll start to look at her pictures, look at her Instagram, you know, we'll, we'll kind of create this fantasy of this perfect girl in our head. And then when we meet them, that will create us being more nervous, less authentic, less open, you know, more of like a shell of ourself, which will lead to not the best impression. And she's doing the same thing. She's got this amazing fantasy about you in her head. And then when you show up and the date, you know, the, the, it's, it's always a, uh, an expectation, like the, the expectations are always way higher and reality sets in and it's typically not as good. Obviously, some days go great and, you know, there, there, there are a ton of exceptions. And yeah, online dating, you know, you can, there's definitely a way to succeed. The way to succeed is you have to, there's a huge, what I call signal to noise ratio online. You know, if you're a beautiful woman, you're just getting bombarded with attention, messages, so the only way to, to get noticed or to get your message even open is to stand out. And the only way to do that is to go against the grain. Um, you know, you can't do the, hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Any of those messages, like, they're, forget it. They're not opening that shit, right? Um, you, you, you have to really, you know, come up with, you know, I've got, if, if you go to my site, I actually have like a guide, a Tinder guide. And it has some kind of stock opening lines to, you know, to hopefully get noticed. One of them that I like the best is, 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 uh, so does this mean we're exclusive, which works on Tinder? Cause basically you both swipe right. Right. So the follow does this mean we're exclusive? And then she'll say, yeah, or no. And then there's a whole follow-up to that where you're creating this like marriage role play where it's like, yeah, she'll say, yeah, we're totally exclusive. Awesome. I got 37 likes on Facebook when I changed my relationship status to in a relationship. My mom's super excited to meet you. And then, you know, you're going back and forth. Where are we going to have the wedding? I got you this ring. You sent an emoji ring. I went to Jared's, right? There's just, it, it basically is a template. And my advice to guys is find a template that works and just stick with the template because otherwise you're just wasting a ton of time. And you're going to get some girls who have seen it before. Like, 
I've heard that line or this or that. But any response is a good response. That's what you have to remember. If you use a canned line and she responds, that's great because at least now you're in a conversation. Whereas the, hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going? You're just going to get completely ignored and waste a ton, a ton of time. And the other thing is if you try to get creative and you know read every profile and try to send a creative message, you're just, forget it. Like <laughs> the, the investment there is the time return is just not there. So if you're going to do it, my advice, use the template. There's one on my site I, I mentioned. Um, there's other things you can find out there too. And and don't be surprised when girls call you out for using lines and using stuff, but it is, it's online dating. That's, that's the nature of the beast. I like that. And yeah, any, any, any attention is a, is, or any response is a good response, right? Because you're getting that attention and that's what you, you they, they, you triggered something in them or interest them in some way to where they respond back. And it's like, okay, I got, I'm there now right. taking it forth from that. Exactly. No, I think those are those are useful tips, and and especially in today's society with everything going on and all that, um, can definitely be a game changer for 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 men in, in many ways, or just in dating in general. Um, <clears throat> what are things you do you, you now? Is it mostly single men that you work with, or do you also work with relationship guys and men in relationships also? Um, most of the time, it's single guys. Occasionally, I'll have a guy come to me um, who's in a relationship that wants to you know maybe spice up the relationship open the relationship um i have a lot of experience with uh you know non-monogamy and a lot of the crazy sort of different lifestyles you can pursue um but uh yeah most mostly single guys i would say (laughs) what's another so we shared one big mistake that guys make what's another common thing that you see men make when it comes to approaching a girl dating you know you, the work that you do or even a personal um that can help give some my guys some clues of how they can they not prevent from making that mistake or how to you know counter that yeah i'd say the biggest thing um is guys tend to overinvest when they really like a girl too early too soon and scare scare that girl away. Um, and I like to say that when it comes to dating and relationships, men kind of hold the commitment card and women hold the sex card. So women are really in control of when they're feel comfortable to sleep with you. Whereas men are kind of the ones in control of when they're going to commit in a relationship. And a lot of women will attempt to negotiate by, you know, keeping that sex card until you keep the commitment card. Um, and that can be okay. That that's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, that's a woman who wants a relationship with you, and and if if that's what she needs to to have that, and that fits your values, and by all means, um, you know, I used to kind of look down upon that and say, no, guys, like you, you shouldn't negotiate <laughs> these cards. But that, you know, now I'm in the situation with my current girlfriend where um, I'm actually in a monogamous relationship, and for the first time in like ten years, and totally enjoying it. Um, And, uh, but what a lot of guys will do is, you know, cause especially now modern day, people are, are more apt to hook up early. Um, whereas before I think in general, it took a little bit longer now, like, especially on Tinder, online dating, you know, they're basically fuck apps, a lot of these apps. Um, and you're going to, you're going to have the best chance by kind of presenting yourself as more of like a sexual object um, 
versus, you know, uh, the, the guy you want to, she's going to take home to mom. Um, but the, the mistake I see a lot of guys make is, you know, after they've maybe slept with the girl or things are progressing, they quickly push for a relationship. And if the girl's already slept with you and she's not pushing for a relationship, like don't push it because typically, you know, you're, you're the man that should be, you know, if she wants a relationship, she will, she will seek that out. <laughs> Women have absolutely no problems doing that. But if you do it as the guy and you're pushy about it, it kind of shows, and she's a type of girl who, who wants to take things a little bit slower. It, it shows a little bit of neediness and insecurity. Um, so I recommend for guys that, you know, just be wary of her investment level. And if it feels like you're always the one asking her out, if it feels like you're the one always pushing for sex and you have that kind of scenario or, you know, she, she doesn't want it as much as you, if there's, if there's an investment gap, you know, if you're, if you're texting her 10 times and, you, and she gets, you know, she messaged you back once, like it's, it's baffling to me how guys are about this when it comes to the investment gap. Um, because when we like a girl, our emotions get the best of us. We just, we're kind of like a freight train, just pursuing, pursuing, pursuing. And that's going to create the woman to just retreat, retreat, retreat. And those relationships will blow up. You know, she'll ghost you. She'll stop wanting to be intimate with you. Uh, she'll, you know, dump you, whatever. Or she just, she just won't show up on a date. So, and, and those are the most painful situations for you know, for guys, because you, you start investing in a girl, you start to fall in love and then you push too hard and, and then she's gone from your life. You know, that's a, that's a breakup. It takes time to get over that. So my suggestion is to have as many options as you can. You know, if you're single, have fun, enjoy, um, you know, depending on your sexual activity level, like, you know, get out there and, and have a good time because, I don't, I don't know any guys that will look back and say, Oh, I, I wish I had less fun <laughs> when I was single. And typically, you know, in, in my experience, when I was kind of at the top of my game, for lack of a better word, having the most fun, that's when I was able to find the best girls for a relationship. And those were always girls who, who I thought were, you know, insanely attractive pursuing me and saying like, let's be in a relationship. And I think that's the, the better way for it to happen. The more natural way based on feminine, masculine, polarity and dynamics. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. It's one of those things where, you know, um, over committing, jumping in, you know, that type of thing. I like how you said the commitment card and then also they, they hold the sex card. You get into, you know, relationships, you get in relationships, marriage. I've always heard in marriage from a lot of mentors will always talk about men like to control it from a financial standpoint while the woman's going to control it from the sexual standpoint. And so when a woman does that, then the men's, men are like, you can't spend that. You can't do that now. You're gonna, I'm going to limit you here or there uh, because it's all that it becomes this control thing. And the wife's like, OK, fine. You want to play this game? Then uh, you're going to sit. You're going to have to enjoy yourself for a little bit uh, until you right. finally come to your senses that you remember here, this is a, I like how you call it an investment gap type of thing, but it's uh, it's one of those things where, yeah, we've yeah. all been there. Oh, go ahead. Totally. I mean, they, a great quote I heard is you can't negotiate desire. And a lot of guys <laughs> will try to negotiate desire from a woman by, like you said, you know, withholding gifts or withholding the credit card or not letting her spend and be like, all right, well, if I get her this bag, first she'll want to sleep with you. It's like, no, she won't. She'll want to sleep with you if she's attracted to you and you're confident and, and masculine. She won't want to sleep with you if you buy her a bag. Um, <laughs> you know? So 
So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Super important. And I think you brought up a great point too. Like guys go out, have fun, right? Be young, enjoy yourself, enjoy your youth, um, but learn. That's what I would, that's something I always used to say, like learn through the process. So that way, for me, at least, when you know you have a good girl in front of you, and I'm not, and I'm not saying one's bad, or all of them, you know, everyone's good in their own way. I just mean good in my shopping list. If I, I, used to, mm-hmm. I like to call it like a shopping list. But when I'm like, oh, this is someone who I can, you know, be in a long-term relationship. This is someone who I can, uh, you know, I can see myself potentially maybe having a life with. Um, that's where my the experiences I went through, a lot of fun, but at the same token, um, I, I was able to be able to see that a lot easier. Still had to learn through things because sometimes you get into that mess. And you're talking, I love how you brought it up too. It's like, yeah, I can see this, right? Overcommitting, going a little too far, slow down, take it easy, slow it, you know, take one step at a time. And then all of a sudden I'm like, yep, got too far into this one. Man, I messed this one. How did I not see this? You know, or something comes up and then I'm like, man, I should have just took another step back here um, in that process and so forth. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing when it comes to a relationship is you need time. You know, you're, you're all, when you're interacting with someone in the beginning stages, you're, you know, you're interacting with their kind of their, their best show, their best self. Right. And, and it takes time to, to really get to know someone. Like I, I like to say it takes at least two years to really get to know someone. So I see a big mistake. Um, you know, obviously it can work out, but a lot of the times from, the divorce guys I've worked with, they're like, yeah, my, everything was awesome. I, you know, put a ring on it after three months or six months or even a year. And then she changed. And a lot of the time it's because he also changed and there's all sorts of problems. But my, my advice is always just take it slow. You know, it's, 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 you, it's very hard to, to go backwards. You know, if you go backwards, basically you break up. So just go forward a little bit slower and I think you'll, it'll work out better. I had a guy tell me before I, when I, when I was starting to date my wife, he kept saying, uh, uh, take, play it. So no, play it safe. No, slow down and play it safe. Right. And he was always like, just slow it down. Always go back to slowing it down. When things get turbulent, slow it down. You're speeding up, just slow down and just take your time with it. And that was on every aspect. And I I thought that was very powerful because even like nowadays you were saying hookups happen like this, right. And before, back in the day, you had to earn your way to get to that point, right? You got to get the woman emotionally attracted to you. You got to have to get that trust to build and all those other things. And it was like a little bit more work involved where now uh, I'm not into the field, haven't been in the field for almost 10 years. So, but just hearing from you, it's more like, it's just kind of quicker. And I think that's, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, I mean, you, you made me remember something super important that I forgot to mention, which is I think the reason why that's happening is due to Instagram and essentially what Instagram is, it's like a third party validation of someone, right? It's like your online magazine. So if you're, you know, if you're on Tinder and you have a cool Instagram that, you know, is appealing to women, if they see your Instagram and they, you know, they're going to quickly be like, oh, okay, this guy's obviously normal. I feel comfortable going straight over to his house and hooking up versus before you really had no way of knowing. Right. And, um, but that, as you mentioned, leads to you hook up the first night, you know, come back three days later, you hook up again, you hook up the weekend, and then all of a sudden you're in a relationship. And you're like, what the hell happened? <laughs> then you're fighting about cheating and this and that and the other. And you're like, what, what is that? We were just hooking up. Like, oh, it's only been a week. So, yeah. So if, if you're single and your Instagram is not presentable, that is the number one thing you should work on because, you know, that's how we, we kind of validate these people these days. There's no way around it. 
No, it's true. I think social media has played a huge role in that. And, and you get to, um, you can, again, it, it again comes from, you got to be, I think you got to be careful with the whole construct you create in your brain, right? Because you can do this where you're seeing a person, you know, like fake, we call it fake. I like to call it fake book instead of Facebook because you're, you're presenting a reality. that's not really true. You see everyone always smile, even on Instagram, all their glorious times are what they're seeing. And then you get in that mindset of like, again, the construct, wow, this is a happy person. This person's always vibrant. Wow. They're, they're this, they're smiling. Look at everything. Look at all your mind. Left brain is analyzing and going, wow. Yeah. Look, smile, 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 happy, happy. Wow. Look how fun they look this and that. So then it, it engages this whole entire persona built into your mind. And then if you go right into the physical, I think, and I'm not an expert in this by any means, but it, it gets to the point then where you miss out on the, the, I think the critical foundational stages of building up that, uh, that, that relationship before you get there. Cause I think sometimes then you make it all physical and then you don't know how to really do the emotional side that well. And then I, I think, I know you can overcome it, but it's just one of those things where I just think it makes it a little more difficult. But what do you think on that before, you know, we wrap up? No, I, I think you're totally spot on. Um, you know, it's, it's really interesting with social media. And as you said on Instagram, it's total, you know, you're, you're not interacting with that person when you see their Instagram. They can be totally different. Um, you know, most people look worse <laughs> because there's so much Photoshopping going on. Uh, some people look way better, though, because energetically, you know, they're going to come across a lot differently in person. Um, so, you know, it just kind of goes back to what we said before. Slow down. Don't fall in love at first sight because, do you know, because of social media, you're looking at doctored pictures a lot of the time. Or you're looking at different angles. Right. I, I think that's as a guy, those are kind of our tendencies is to just move too fast. You know, if something tastes good, we just want to keep eating it. At least that, that's how I am. Right. And, and overindulge and then realize, oh, I, you know shit now I need to step back and then <laughs> now you've got some problems and you're and as you said you're not you know you're not allowing things to develop emotionally like you know um non-physically if, if you jump into sex so fast um so yeah that's a whole a whole other can of worms but uh, I totally agree Love it. Well, brother Robbie, how can people connect with you, get the whole note, learn what you're up to, follow up all the stuff that you're doing, how do they reach you and find you? Sure. Um, so if you're interested in any of the teachings and stuff that I talked about, like how to run a date and some of those strategies, um, I've got a bunch of free stuff on my website. That's innerconfidence.com. I'm sure there'll be a link somewhere for that. And um, if you want to get in touch with me or just kind of see what I'm up to, I'd suggest uh, Instagram. And uh, it's just Robbie underscore Kramer. And I've got a link on there. I, I, I do a lot of TikToking these days. I'm having fun with that, posting some, some videos. If that's the, something you, you haven't dabbled in, Nick, I, uh, I recommend it. It's a, it's a cool new platform. So I hear a lot about, are you twerking on TikTok? Because that was, was that oh, was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask. <laughs> It prevented me. <laughs> it prevented me from going on for a bit because somebody I had some patients tell me because I do a lot of videos and they're like, "You need to go on there." Oh my god! So I went on for a second. I'm like, all I'm seeing is people dancing. I'm like, this is not my platform. But it's, I heard it's changing now. So I think it is a bit. Um, for whatever reason, uh, just from making consistent little TikTok videos, I've, I've gained a ton of followers um, yeah. on there. Had a couple of videos go sort of viral. Um, Whereas I feel like with Instagram or some of these other platforms, like it's so advertising and, and money based that they've kind of throttled back the real engagement. So. True. 
see how long it lasts anyway. Totally true. For all the listeners, I'll have all that information on how to connect with Robbie in the show notes. Uh, Robbie, this was fun. Uh, I had some fun here. learned some cool tips and tricks. Uh, even though I am out of the game, very happily to be out of the game. Um, but it's one of those things where it's, it's kind of cool to be able to just share for the men out there uh, who are single, especially during a pandemic, how to do things. And then when the pandemic, as we are, looks like we're riding out a little bit, um, how to get back into the game with things and so forth. So thanks for taking the time and sharing space with us. Yeah, thanks so much, Dr. It's been great to chat with you and uh, really enjoy the conversation. Love it, brother. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing it with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.